0: Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Hank Vogler on a Monday from White Pine County, Nevada. What's going on?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. It's Monday morning, and uh, I am... Matter than Jesse Jackson being asked to sing I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas.
0: That's just another Monday, is it not?
1: I can't think of a thing that (laughs) I can't think of a thing that I'm not mad about. Excuse me. You got the border situation. Everybody's upset about the border situation and every channel, well, not every channel, but at least the ones that are somewhat newsworthy, have some guy on there from the... Uh, border Patrol, telling how horrible it is and how they need to do this and how they need to do that and that 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 and they got to stop this and it's crazy and, and which I agree. Okay, but isn't the border control ICE and all these people the same guys that have been giving a pass to these people that I bring here and other people bring here legally, pay a bucket load of money? do everything right, H-2A program is on its back, it's falling apart, the, uh, and it's a, almost like a conspiracy. The Department of Labor, everybody's on top of it, and everybody is could care less about the person that's fronting these people to come up here. And they can walk off any they want, and no matter how much money they cost. So I'm having a little trouble having sympathy for these guys. These are some self-inflicted wounds in a lot of respects. Now, I don't know the answer. I'm just being Mr. Whiny.
0: So I I wondered if you misplaced your uh, degree of passion, though. And that is that you started by blaming Border Patrol. I don't think the Border Patrol is doing anything wrong in this particular situation. It's the bureaucrats at the Department of Labor. It's the bureaucrats within an administration that wants to create chaos and rather than seeking solution and uphold constitutional laws. Border Patrol is not part of the problem. They need to be part of the solution, though.
1: Well, the Border Patrol has an office, several of them, right Mm -hmm. in this area.
0: Okay.
1: And you can go in there.
0: Why do they have an office in in their area?
1: Because well they used to I they don't do it anymore but you used to be able, when you went to Twin Falls Idaho on the Highway 93 uh, out in the middle of, of uh, on the roadside there'd be they'd be stopped there and I guess if uh, you kind of uh, didn't look right or there was 27 of you in the car they'd pull you over and stop you and haul you off been doing that for years they have an office. They have offices all over Idaho. I'm sure they have offices in, in Nevada, everywhere. It's it's part of the bureaucracy. Yeah, I don't blame the actual agent. Right. But somebody long ago within that system told those people, hey, you know, don't worry about these guys running away from these sheep camps. So, you know, with the dairies or the, or whoever, the hog farmers, whoever, whoever's taking them or whatever's going on. It's okay. It's okay if those guys lose money. It's okay if they get their heads handed to to them. We're not going to enforce that. And, I mean, that is not very American either. Last I looked, I was an American citizen before there was an America. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, that's nuts. You you know, it's picking and choosing what you're going to enforce and what you're not going to enforce. Now, of course, we're not enforcing anything. And... And the H2A program, I guess why I'm really mad is the American embassy. I've got, I've talked to a senator and I've talked to a carcer. An American embassy has no sense of urgency to bring these people up. Mm -hmm. A guy that I've, that has had his papers ready for over six months. Mm -hmm. His schedule to be interviewed is the 25th of April, 2022. (laughs) <laughs> now, I that, guess... That's ever, immediate
0: employment right there.
1: Yeah, that'll, that'll really help me out. I
0: will uh, help him, they too. keep
1: changing the rules. They keep changing the papers. Yeah. They keep changing all these things just almost on a weekly basis where I have to fill out the same 38-page report once again and send it off. And again and again and again, just all these changes but yet there's no sense of urgency and i've got five guys going home in 2 weeks mm mm-hmm. mhm <laughs> and they so, you know, I mean, it's just it's insane there's no there's no balance
0: so you, i don't know if you're aware of this libby got married in mexico on saturday Ah. yeah and so we were in cabo san lucas who uh, where? where we we'll just want to talk about why we're there. We're there because Libby wanted to get married there. And it worked. It was fabulous. It was a beautiful wedding. Could not have gone better. But I just I saw things that fit into this conversation that troubled me, Hank. And that is that we have a United States population that is re- being rewarded for working and not working. And have zero work ethic. And uh, first report I heard when we got back to Denver, we were driving home. The unemployment claims are up, the demand for uh, WIC programs, the demand for food handouts are up, and we just got to meet those needs and give more people. The work ethic, there's a lot of problematic things that I saw four days, whatever, three days in Cabo. But the work ethic of the people that I saw and their pleasantries and, and their gracious and and how much they appreciated somebody coming and spending money so that they had $1.50 a day, was absolutely incredible. And so if we don't fix the work ethic, whatever that takes in the United States, you can fight the H2A program as long as you want. We have to figure out how to fix the work ethic before we're going to make any progress whatsoever. And at this moment, we are incentivizing people not to ever work again.
1: Yeah. The theory should be uh, they did it at Jamestown. It, wasn't that what happened? They told the people that if you don't work, you don't eat. We we're not going to share the food with you and because everybody went looking for gold and riches. And uh, the place was about to collapse. And, and uh, that's how they cured that. Uh, you know, uh, there, people don't remember the soup kitchens, and I don't. I just read about them. People would do anything to go to work. There were people all over the West that were working for board and room. And I mean, there's all kinds of things. No, do people need to be punished? No, do people need to be corrupted? No. But when they are guaranteed that there are nine million people, nine million jobs out there and seven million people drawing unemployment, that is a mathematical equation that does not compute. And and to stay in power, to buy votes, in all of these things, you know, listening to the wind whistling through the knot holes out of here changes your perspective on a lot of things. If I fail, if I don't step up seven days a week, if I'm not concentrating on what I'm doing, the bank can call me up and say, bring your dolls and dishes to town, the party's over. Do I, can I get on welfare? Can I do all of these things? Do I want to do all those things? No. I, I was told to be prideful in what you were. You know, look what they did to the American Indian. They had a better chance in 1825 when they were under the Department of War and they were fighting for their properties, whether it was right, wrong, or indifferent. The, the war is over, obviously. But when you uh, I don't think a reservation the wars situation, over. Well, no, but the, their war is, has long been subsided mm-hmm. into a person of somebody that they give them a little stipends every month. Mm -hmm. How well is that working? You -hmm. know, it's not working. When I I moved to the Rosebud,
0: they were quick to tell me that they were proud of their 89% unemployment because the neighboring reservation Pine Ridge was at 91, and as long as they were better than Pine Ridge, they were happy. 91%
1: unemployment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good.
0: But everybody's got to have a goal. And and, and, and
1: that's what it looks like. (laughs) That's what it looks like. That's what socialism, communism looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, 900% chance more of dying of alcohol poisoning in Russia than it was in the United States under the Soviet Union. This, you know, and by the by, just because I'm just madder than mad, I never saw one Taliban person wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. They showed them everywhere. They're dragging that guy down through the street. And I don't know if they, they'd already shot him or getting ready to shoot him or, or what his deal was, but, uh, but nobody had a mask on. How in the world can, uh, Sleepy yeah. Joe, you know, Uncle well, Joe, how, how in the world can he put up with that?
0: We they will forever call them, him Beijing, Beijing Biden from now on. And clearly the <laughs> Taliban could okay. not work for United Airlines because you can't even look at somebody without being told, put your mask up. Here's another deal you have to get into. Certified Piedmontese, are you happy with the status quo? Or are you getting paid properly in the commodity meat business? Are you in a niche program now? Whatever the case may be, we believe in the Certified Piedmontese system. Lone Creek has put this together extremely well. More details about how you can get paid properly. Get closer to the consumer's food dollar. We're talking about $180 premium at a 600-pound calf. Details from Marlon Will. Find him by going to LoneCreekCatelco.com. More Hank Vogler on a Monday after this. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler. Back in the saddle. Hey, I did accomplish one extremely good feat while I was gone. Really? Yeah. On Friday a week ago, I had on the air John L. Moore who is a author, a rancher, uh, a minister, all-around great guy from Miles City, Montana. He has authored four books, the last one called Blue Man, but I read Looking for Lynn, and Hank Vogler, it is your and my story wrapped into a novel. It's unbelievable. Really? Yep. Yeah, ties in wow. the wild horses. It ties in the, uh, the incentive from all of the non-governmental organizations to create situations about the sage grouse, uh, make it look like they're more serious. It, it, I mean, it is the novel that that you and I should have written together. Kudos to John Elmore. <laughs> Looking for land. Read it. All right. What were you, you going to do?
1: I was just, all I can say is, is I realize that our education system is completely fallen apart now the people in mexico there are people that are very very proud to be from mexico and they have jobs and they're working and so what we're getting is the people uh of maybe nefarious reasons the gang members people like that were were enriching the people that control the border on the mexican side uh the mexican government complains that they don't control it and beijing biden guess what, he should tell his buddy Winnie the Pooh that he's got big trouble. Let's go back and do a little history job here. This is why the education is. Fit. Have you ever heard of Alexander the Great? Mm-hmm. I think he got his head handed to him. He got his lunch in Afghanistan. The Soviets, the British, everybody that's gone to Afghanistan and okay, I'm sick of the embarrassment To us, because the rest of the world will never depend on us again. This is twice. Saigon, which we invented guerrilla warfare, and we allowed people to whip us with our own methods. Standing up in front of the British was stupid. We got our heads handed to us. But when we snuck through the woods, whacked their officers, intimidated 13 years later, the British, the most powerful army in the world, threw it in. This is what's going to happen in Afghanistan, Winnie the Pooh. You're going to get in trouble. The Soviets got their head handed to them. We are getting our head handed to us. And we spent 20 years there and a trillion dollars. And every veteran that left part of his body or every gold star family that lost somebody there will never, ever get over it. But I promise you, Beijing was going to have the same problems there. Those people... Every street corner has a different flavor of intimidating folks that are tribals, that are tribes, members Mm -hmm. of families. Look around. And the first thing that the Taliban and all of them should look at is Winnie the Pooh is punishing the Uyghurs, who I believe are Muslims. Now, (laughs) are we talking stupid here? So it it all boils down to education. Even the Taliban have not been paying attention to the rocks where they have their history written on it or whatever they use for uh, for, uh, their education.
0: Here's the problem with all of this. Number one, you can't trust anything you're being told. Number two, we never heard the term Taliban when Donald Trump was president because, number one, he wouldn't put up with their nonsense. Number two, this administration is now trying to create and more chaos to be a distraction and implement their own dirty will and use this as a rallying tool to get it done. So it, it, just protect our boys boys and girls and get them out of Afghanistan and let these people kill each other. They they get what they deserve.
1: Yeah give the man a cigar he can be taught it's taken me 20 years to get him up to speed but he's starting to make sense
0: Congratulations. well while in mexico i was reading the the walls and the history on the rocks like you just told me i should
1: well anyhow and <laughs> and to make full circle capitalism is what's run this country and there's everybody it, it, it's like a it's like a, a gambling joint it's like a horse race where they lay off bets on both sides so the house is always protected now I had to take a few economics courses when I went to college I didn't have to I wanted to I wanted to have a, a reasonable understanding about uh, mechanics uh, agriculture of every flavor business law everything I could take i that's what I tried to take when I was in college. I took some courses in economics. Had some good professors, Dr. Barmettler, Dr. Garrett. Enjoyed them wonderfully. Kept it to the day, uh, to this day, Dr. Garrett. I've I've had conversations with him. Now let me ask you something. This is math, mathematics. We have 5.4 percent inflation. Nixon shut the world down with 3 percent inflation. And we had stagflation because we had runaway inflation, 5.4. Now, everybody's bragging that, that wages are up by 4%. Hmm. If they're up by 4% and inflation is 5.4%, aren't you still going behind?
0: I mean, you're going <laughs> the wrong direction.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is math. This has nothing to do with anything. Then you have people that are buying bonds, government bonds, which is supposedly, used to be, probably never will be again, the most solid investment if you want to hang on to your money and never lose a pity of it, you buy yourself some treasury bonds, some government bonds. You invest in it from two years or one year, six months, all the way out to 30 years. At one time, they were talking about 50-year bonds. Well, now, if you have 5.4% inflation and you're willing to buy a bond, a 30-year treasure bond, that's under 2%. Now, that's even what the heck's going on. But if you read just basic economics of how things all the way back to the, to the Easter Island, that they used to have the great big round rocks was their store of wealth or seashells or whatever they had. It all boils down to one thing. Somebody thinks that we're going to have another mess that we had with Jimmy Carter. And this guy is Jimmy Carter on steroids. Oh. You can't borrow all that money and, and, and get and not, and not somebody, every, every child. When you become a grandfather one of these days, now that the kids are starting to leave home and start their own families or whatever they're doing, that child's going to owe a million bucks. Yeah. Days more <laughs> at this rate, it's nuts.
0: You would have but to you you would have to barns. rub that in today, wouldn't you? Because Libby got married Saturday. Lindsay is moving to college as we speak. So yeah, go ahead and rub that whole life cycle thing in, Hank. Hey,
1: I got two grand, <clears throat> two grandkids. One of them's about to graduate from college. The other one has graduated from college mm-hmm. and going to her wedding in September and i mean yeah i'm just proud as heck i can be here uh hopefully to view those situations i don't know what's going to happen this afternoon let alone in september but anyhow back to this to just purely mathematical equations something is wrong and if we're going to have runaway inflation guess what runaway inflation is always followed by it's called collapse whether you're in zimbabwe nigeria or anywhere the or British USA, crown the British pound, huh?
0: Or USA, we're not immune to it.
1: No, and so something's. Uh, we've already experienced it with uh, cousin Jimmy. When we had that, well, I got my start. So all you people out there that are trying to get into business, I'm. I'm not so sure that th- that in the next few years you won't get an opportunity because. Spiked inflation's always followed by huge deflation mm-hmm. and it balances itself out. It's called capitalism and even under the Soviet union i you know you don't get to hear about it and and uh, winning the poo, you don't hear about anything that goes on in this country, even though my wife tells me that devaluations have happened in her lifetime five times mm. and I can't tell you how old she is or I'd have to kill you, but in her lifetime. And and so those people over there, they have no sense of wealth in their money. Right. It's things that they can buy and trade and barter with that they have their closets full of because mm-hmm. they it's theirs. I mean, this is what's going on, and I I realize that all this stuff is boring, but for God's sakes, something something is in the wind that is bigger than than both of us will ever be. But you oh. can't have people hiding their money willing to take no interest at all. They're trying to hold on to their principle. And then other people are out there going, "Have to happy days are here again.
0: Will but Rogers.
1: Franklin Delano Roosevelt.
0: It's time but, to quote Will Rogers. He's not interested in the return on investment. He's interested in the return of his investment. Protect the Harvest is there on the front lines, continuing to make sure that your investment in property can be protected. Living in the trenches for now 10 years. 2011 is when it began. We've been working together from the beginning. It's all about protecting you and your property rights. ProtectTheHarvest.com. We'll be back for the second half of Roll Route after this. Welcome back. Trent Loose, alongside Hank Bubler. Checking in from White Pine County, Nevada. In my mind, you want to compare what's happening right now with Jimmy Carter and Beijing Biden. I think there's a big difference. So Jimmy Carter was just foolish. He didn't understand these things. Beijing Biden is working for another country. That's a totally different scenario. I think Carter at least had his heart in the right spot. Biden doesn't have one.
1: Well, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think at this point in his life, that he knows whether Christ was crucified or shot in a crap game. I, I mean, uh,
0: he. You're making he, the assumption he even knows get, who you're talking about, by the way.
1: <laughs> well, he, he, they give him, when they send him out in public, they, they give him a shot in the rectal area, in the buttocks, to, that's some sort of an adrenaline rush. I don't know something. I mean, it's this guy, and then they haul him back home and hide him. You know, he was on his way home to Delaware or Maryland, or wherever he's from, ain't like think Delaware. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he said there was all these people that got to worry about Afghanistan. It was stable, yada, yada, yada. And the, the roof fell in, and so then he came back. Well, but nobody got to talk to him. Nobody's seen him. Nobody's nothing. So, you know, they've got him in their refrigerator
0: until they need him. So, yeah. <laughs> Like a canned ham ready any time. All right, that's your line, not mine. So how is this going to affect (laughs) land values? How is this going to affect agriculture? If you continue to spend that $3.05 a pound you get for your lambs instead of stowing a little bit away, you might be vulnerable. How is this all going to play out, you being the wiser one that's been through all of this?
1: Well... I'm not so sure that there's anything you can do about it. I mean, uh, I guess probably if you're, uh, if you would want, I borrow all the money you can. You can borrow money for practically nothing. You still have to service the debt. That was the turnaround. When I was borrowing operating money for 23%, which, trust me, folks, you can't do that. And I had a federal land bank note for 18.79. And I had tri- great calf prices, great lamb prices. And I thought, well, man, this is easy. Until about a year later, I get the notice from the bank to bring my dolls and dishes to town. Because it was over with. Because I could only get 23 cents a pound for my lambs instead of 80 cents a pound for my lambs. And it was no fun. Plus, I had a, a just a horrible year of, of Actually, water floods, roads washed out, uh, uh, disease, enzoatic abortion and use. I mean, you name it, I was being tested, I guarantee you. But I didn't quit. I think that's number one. Follow your dreams. Uh, it's going to get rough. I wrote the Dear John letter to John Loriaga, the president of the U.S. National Bank. And he gave me one more chance. I told him, I says, I, you know, I don't claim any equity in this stuff, but I'm the guy sleeping in the wet sleeping bag. I've paid the light bills in your banks for several years and we've hit a little snag here and it will turn around. It always has before, but the, but the, I guess old cynical people like me, you just, just I'm sure there's a, there's a table you can get on that computer and find it or some way you can do it in the mathematical equation. You buy a 30-year treasury bond at 2% with 5% inflation. And in 30 years, see how much money you got left. You're going the wrong, wrong way, even though they're usually zero coupons. And so you don't put the money up front. You get the money back at the end of the deal, plus interest, supposedly. But you're losing money every day. It doesn't work. So that's the guy. That's the Will Rogers theory of evolution forget the forget the darn uh interest. I just want my principal back. So people are people are put laying it off. People are saying this is going this way and that's going that way and they're trying to protect themselves. as all of them to and and it smells so much like 1979 to me that it's unbelievable. Except there's just more zeros on the money.
0: So I so we've my- been
1: dealing with this inflation for years.
0: Mm-hmm. But how do you sign a bank note willingly, say you're going to pay an eighteen and a half percent interest rate, and feel good about it?
1: Well, you don't feel good about it. You don't borrow very much, and you have to. <laughs> you just it's. What are you going to do? You're you're going to throw it in. You're going to quit. Uh, you're young and and and. Uh, you know, ready to do, uh, to whip the world. Uh, you're just barely getting your feet on the ground. And, and, uh, the bank's gonna take you out. And, and, uh, and for, for real. And for whatever reason, that, because he grew up in Jordan Valley, Oregon, with, uh, he was the president of the U.S. National Bank. He grew up in Jordan Valley, Oregon. And, and, uh, he threw me a bone. But yeah, no, they, it's, I had sheep herders yeah. that had, that had that had treasury notes at 15%
0: interest, mm-hmm. time the, certificates. But wouldn't you uh, admit that things are a little different today because if you sent that Dear John letter today, the lending institutions have zero emotion attached anymore. It's all about what the computer says that the lender can do. So, uh, well, you can't, he couldn't throw you a bone depending. in today's world because it's all controlled by a computer analysis.
1: Yes, but there's one little thing about that. When those situations, and I assume that it was somewhat similar in the 30s, uh, I can remember my grandfather bragging that he had parity during the 30s. If you could buy a baby pig for 50 cents, it was getting a hold of the money because you could put the grain in that pig and you could get your money back and make a profit. wasn't very big, but it was profitable. He said the 20s were what was, was the wreck because every time that market would go up, it would then collapse because they had all these huge surpluses because all the farm animals that were no longer being fed to produce the crop, one third of the crops were going into that. Yeah. And the war started in Europe. He was doing all right. It was the drought that was getting him then, you know. And you look out the window, you got a little drought working. uh, You got some things that sound terribly familiar, but the computer was on tilt very quickly, and it was the instructions came back down to human beings. uh, Whatever their mathematical works were back in the in the 80s, it was you could walk into a federal land bank. Because they started loaning money out to anybody. that he, I mean, they were loaning stuff out on houses, out on all kinds of different projects. And they were getting their head handed to them because nobody could pay those interest rates. Right. And guess what? When I walked in and discounted that note, 1984, at the Federal Land Bank, 25 cents on the dollar. And it was money hauling, let's make a deal. When I came to Nevada, it was money hauling, let's make a deal. There was no... You know, back in the 70s, everybody laughed at me. Oh, you're crazy. You know, you've got to have a portfolio. you got to have this. you got to have that. Well, <laughs> fairly honest, Blackburn had a sign in his window that said they'll never make another acre. Will Rogers. I walked in. I bought a piece of property in eastern Oregon. For about a third of what he was trying to sell it for before the fan and the caca came together, mm-hmm. and I and I handed him that sign and the check. He took the check, put it on the counter, took that sign, broke it in about six pieces, and put it in the garbage. And says, "Come on back, we'll have a cocktail." <laughs> so, yeah, it didn't. I, I said, "This place reminds me back in the '60s when all the kids started growing their hair long." By golly, "You're kind of like a barber shop in here. Don't look like there's any action." Whereas two years before you couldn't get in the door, there's a line out the door, people buying property. Well, they're doing her again. I I mean there's just so many scenarios that seem like that you know, the moon and the stars are lining up once again. And and, and I'm not chicken little run for the woods. I'm just saying things are always changing and they're about to change again and and maybe this is what keeps America working and in a yeah. capitalistic system, because these people want to collapse this country, they want to destroy this country for power, for power. That is the most insane. People came all over the world. The people that are walking across the border from 161 countries, why aren't they all walking into the Soviet Union, or into China, or into <clears throat> other social Venezuela's uh, closer to Europe and Africa than most of the United States? Why aren't they going to Venezuela? No, they're coming to the place that they they thought, that they read about, that you could actually do something. And the people here are trying to turn this place into Venezuela so we can eat out of garbage cans. It's nuts. Well, well unless, they're,
0: they're trying to, they're trying yeah, to but turn... But
1: you know, while you were in Kabul... You,
0: yeah, go ahead. I think you're about to say what I was going to say.
1: No, I was going to say, uh, I'm sure while you were on your way to Mexico, uh, <clears throat> your uh, invitation to... Uh, Barack Obama's birthday party probably got lost and you didn't get, you didn't get there and, and, and you're lucky because they're now having a spike in the Delta variant and nobody had a mask on. Or Kalib Shalid Kalada Kula Kula, mm-hmm. whatever her name is. She was at a wedding. I mean, see, this is the way it works. The elites, the elites, you're the inside man. You're protected from what the FBI, well, all these people are protected. They're the swamp. And Mr. Donald tried to do something with the swamp and got his head handed to him.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say is that I just saw up close and personal those elites who've got the masses catering to them and their gluttony. Um, that, that, that's exactly where this administration and the people pulling the strings, I don't think this administration's anything. It's somebody pulling the strings saying that this is what we want to be. We want to be the elites, and everybody else just catering and saying, gracious, thank you for giving me a job for a dollar and a half a day. That's exactly where they want us to take yep. us. Yep.
1: And the people that are coming into this country, at should look around and maybe they'd be better off they went to the Soviet Union or, or, or stayed home. I mean mm-hmm. we are using them as an instrument to collapse this country. Yeah. And and, and for whatever little tiny reason that was the sheep herders that started the H two A program, nineteen what, fifty two, Julian Arian was the president of the growers in Juntura, Oregon. Uh, I know most of his family. Uh This was what was going on. And they brought in people, and there were rules, there were regulations, there was check-ins. They had to do things. And then at some point in time, these all became good Democrat voters or something. Somebody said the powerful, the elitists are telling us that we're going to give money to senators. We'll leave this deal alone. We don't care how much money. Mm-hmm. these sheep guys lose or anybody else and now they extended the program i bet it's no better for somebody picking uh grapes in california or any other people that no, are trying to get into those no, h2a
0: programs it's no different it, anywhere it's insane destroy the work yeah. ethic all right certified piedmontese creating opportunities for you to pay banker tough and all what it takes to make it work get closer to the consumer's food dollar certified Excuse me, Piedmontese. That's certified Piedmontese making it happen. Details at com. Back with the last segment of Hank after this. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent loose alongside Hank Vogler checking in from White Pine County, Nevada. All right, so it's not my first official trip to Mexico, but it was the absolute most enlightening. My first trip, by the way, was a month after Libby was born. There's always a libby connotation in me going to Mexico. I sold eight red-horned limousine bulls into Muski Queela across the Eagle Pass. I went all the way to Muski and um, spent uh, and it was totally different because, you know, Cabo's all about selling to tourists whatever they can. When I was in Melicor Muski, you couldn't even find a a key ring that said Melicor Muski on it because it just was not geared to tourism at all. That was authentic Mexico. That was very interesting. Keep in mind that was 23 years ago. But this was just yep. such a totally different deal because in Melicore, which you go to Eagle Pass, and it's like 120 miles from Eagle Pass, Texas, southwest. This Baja Peninsula of California, known as uh, Los, uh, Los Cabos, uh, my goodness, Hank. I don't know what they have to do. If you don't yep. go out in the ocean to catch a fish, you'd starve to death. If you didn't, if you had to rely on your own e- existence. But you know what? I did not see. And this place is totally geared because it's mountainous. I mean, it's clearly created through volcanic activity. Uh, sheep and goats should be everywhere. This is sheep and goat country, and there was nothing there.
1: Well, there is something there that is uh, is another one of my pet peeves. In the entire United States, if you want to get a desert bighorn, which is the hardest to get because you can't go buy a tag over the counter like you can in Canada for the doll and the stone and the Rocky Mountain. In the United States, you have to draw that tag. So Mexico has figured this out and they have huge mule deer down there also. They protect that wildlife and that's what is there in those rugged mountains in fact uh, I'm going to an island there later on next year to watch a friend of mine who has for years and years and years had the three quarters grand slam and they sell those sheep for a bucket load of money because uh, they can you can buy a tag but you got to buy it with a big big checkbook so yeah they purely capitalism we have the most expensive cat food in the united states of uh, of america is anywhere in the world we rather than conserve our wildlife let people hunt that wildlife when it when they're of a trophy size Mm -hmm. we are arguing over territory with the domestic sheep which they've almost succeeded in doing that we're down there they have cart blind now there's still goats down there There's still sheep you, uh, in different areas but they have wild sheep desert bighorn mexicana thats what they're called but that gets you the grand slam which is a kind of a pinnacle that you'd like to do the only reason i was able to do it was at a at a, a working man's price because i got two of the four species right here in nevada and i got the toughest one to get You know what, the the governor's tag, I was told, sold for $312,000 last year. Well, wouldn't you think we'd lay a little money aside to take out what takes out the prey base, i.e. wild sheep? The miners and the explorers came through here and hunted them with dogs and got them down to where they were practically gone. And then uh, the conservationists, so to speak, came back, and they, because sheep... Domestic sheep and wild sheep are very closely related. Started blaming everything on domestic sheep. Yeah, it's crazy. It's the same craziness that our forests are burning down. A forest is no different than a wheat field. If you let the weeds take over, you got weeds, and you don't get much of a harvest. So we buy our lumber from Canada. We let our forests burn. We don't clean up the forest floor like we used to. We don't open up the canopy so new trees, we don't plant new trees. All we do is let them burn. And now they've got so decadent in the last, since the 1980s when we shut her all down, it's gotten so decadent that they can't put those fires out. They just can't put them out. They burn themselves out, they run out of material. And when they get started, they are huge. A 3,000 acre fire used to be huge. Now a million acre fire or half a million acre fire is the norm. But nobody goes to jail for this. Nobody gets in trouble. And we're still sitting in Kumbaya. But this is so wonderful. Oh fighting those fires. Well why did we all of a sudden have to have oh well it was global warming. Hmm Yeah.
0: Well <laughs> the latest
1: are part of that program.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's totally controlled by the elitist. And, and, I mean, in my travels, I meet a lot of people who are going west and get paid to fight fire. And they're really revered to as as heroes. And it's not their fault. It's kind of like the border patrol earlier. It's not the individuals who show up every day trying to protect the border. It's the people who create that opportunity in the mismanagement of the resource. Somebody's got to take a deep breath and say, hey, you wouldn't have these problems if you managed the resource, and you and I've been shouting that for how long? But we have to get to a different audience to get that across.
1: Yeah, I mean that's 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 it in a nutshell. We're we're uh, for money and power. I mean, you say fire, and everybody goes. <gasps> And, yeah, the kid, that, the kid that sends himself to college or becomes a successful businessman with the money he made off of the fire crew, even the guy that told me that was from San Diego, when the, when he's standing above me doing the perimeter walk or whatever, and he goes, yeah, this thing's a dud. There's a bunch of sh- sheep up here. The fire wouldn't cross, yes, if we had 40-mile-an-hour winds. Yeah, it would cross. But the fire was burning up a canyon. It got to the fence line. The sheep had only been there about four days, but they'd walked the fence line a little bit and it, and it made a fire trail to where the fire wouldn't cross it. And, and so it was a dud. And this guy's from San Diego. He said he worked six months on the fires or whatever his season was. Mm-hmm. And then he spent the rest of the time on the beach in San Diego. But maybe the guy that was selling him uh, cold beer in San Diego was making money feeding his family. So, you know, yeah. It's somewhat justifiable. But he knew the routine. He knew. He, he wasn't a sheep guy. He knew that the, the livestock was making a fire break. And in all-out circumstances, which we're in now, in not work. there's too much decadent fuels laying there, too many light fuels, too many dead trees, too many yada, 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 and they can't get them stopped. So about all they do is put the perimeters out in little spots, and get on TV. Ah, oh, we're in the belly of a beast today. And dumping billions of dollars after a program that the ranchers and the loggers used to pay the federal government to go take care of it. is hmm, Isn't that novel?
0: But with all of this said, at the end of the day, obviously my top of mind issues are people that, that I witnessed and saw hanging out in Cabo San Lucas over the weekend. At Libby's wedding. Not at her wedding. Not the people at the wedding. Don't don't misunderstand what I said. Because there's 50 people at her wedding, right? But there's 15,000 there enjoying doing nothing. I, I, I don't know how you get to those people. Did, did they have masks on? No, yeah. Well, it depends. That's the stupidest thing ever. You go into a restaurant, and if you walk to your table, you have to wear a mask when you're sitting at the table, you don't have to wear a mask. You did not have to wear a mask when you're outside. It's just ridiculous. It's all just a charade. I'm calling the
1: cops. You had 50 people at that wedding?
0: Nobody was wearing a mask at you the wedding. You had
1: 50 people at that wedding? Yeah. Uh, say that louder. I'm writing this down. Mm-hmm. I'm calling the calling calling. 50 the, people were sitting security. on the beach
0: in Mexico watching Libby and Andrew get married. Nobody was wearing a mask. I'm just telling you. They were, they were living on the edge. Oh, boy yeah uh but to my oh, point, my. don't distract Alabama's me from my on the edge don't distract me from my point <laughs> I'm sorry uh, this message that you and I are talking about right now has to resonate with those other fourteen thousand people that are there and and I'm just I'm thinking the whole time how do these people that just live in this world of gluttony how do they? even pay attention how do they even alert? they only are alerted when something in their world is rocked that's the only thing that happened if their lights don't come on one morning when they wake up or they can't you know what it's coming Air and uh, jc cole yep. has told us about this for how long coming home last night from denver we drove we landed in denver we got on the road at seven thirty denver time we got home at 3 a.m my time and we had two gas stations no fuel Two times when we stopped, there were gas stations. At Ogallala, Nebraska, there was one. Every single pump was out of fuel. Another place, there were signs on most of them out of fuel. That's when you start getting their attention.
1: You got it. And this is is deja vu all over again, as Yogi Berra said. Yes, sir. Uh, Yeah, it's coming. And it's coming like a runaway freight train. And guess what? I think, what's that? train tops the hill and heads down and you pull on the brakes and you can't do nothing about it i think you're in for the duration it's got and and i'm not you know go hide go run to the woods it'll be a brand new investment that you can make and and have a chance because you get to start closer to to what the true values of things are the only difference is if the Communists take over our country, which most of the people in the Democratic Party say they prefer socialism, which is communism. Uh we're in trouble because that's when the control and all of these things they're taking advantage of everything that they can say. See, see, you gotta let us be in charge. You gotta let us elitists do these things. This is the problem is you could you capitalism doesn't work. Well baloney. China let the genie out of the bottle and made that country from a completely agrarian society, 98% agrarian in the 60s to what it is today. And whether it was legal or illegal, I'm not going to argue that with you, but capitalism. And now you got the, you got Winnie the Pooh trying to put the genie back in the bottle over there. And that they, I think they've got as much trouble as the United States. And if they go into Afghanistan... They should read a little history. Nobody else has been able to get all those people in the same room without shooting each other, let alone shooting you. And, and they're going to go, you're the guys that are killing the Uyghurs. They're our brothers. They're Muslims. Bangety-bang, bang, bang. So,
0: they can't, crazy. they crazy couldn't crazy. figure they're out how to get them out of the mountains.
1: Nope. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Wars, armies are put together. They're like firefighters. That's their job. But when you politically try to maneuver, rather than let them do their job, you know, what did the bumper sticker say? If you have to absolutely have it done overnight, call the Marines. Let them take care of it. But no, we get the politics and we spent 20 years in treasure doing nothing. Where if you would have punished those people from the day you arrived, and I mean... Everybody. And yeah. we started bombing the cities in Germany and Japan. Well, they gave Japan. up. They quit. Yep,
0: yeah, that's it. We've circled the wagons A to Z. Do it. All roads do lead to a roll route.